Napa know-how. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Welcome to another edition of the Superfly Podcast, your Dorian Minor NBA podcast. I'm your host, Joe Borelli. It is Monday, October 24th. Uh, happy Halloween. Actually, that's not till a week away, but whatever. I love Halloween. I'm in the Halloween spirit. I don't know about you guys. This is my favorite time of year. This is my favorite freaking holiday. I don't know why. I mean, I do, but if I'd explain it to you, it just wouldn't. You wouldn't. Not that you wouldn't understand, but you would think me childish. So I won't explain. But I'll tell you this. Uh, my brother and my nephew came up this weekend, and we went to Sleepy Hollow. It was fun. Uh, you know, because I'm a goofball, and I like the Headless Horseman stuff. Anyway, let's talk about some things that really matter. As in, tomorrow night, the NBA is back. It's back with a vengeance, and I am super excited. Um, this is amazing. It's come up so fast. I don't even know where the hell the summer went. And I was going to try and do a, like, bonus podcast for you guys. And But if I'm going to do it, I'm going to end up staying up tonight and working on it. But anyway, I may or may not. So I don't know why I'm mentioning it. But, um, damn, why am I mentioning it? Okay, so I was going to do my, my wacky predictions for you guys. Just, like, a few random thoughts before the season actually gets underway. And um, so that, you know, next year when I look back on this and listen to my thoughts, I can see how really dumb I am about the NBA and sports in general. And we can all have a good laugh. Laugh at me because uh, it's fun to laugh at me. Shut it. Anyway, tonight I'm going to talk to David Fernandez. Uh, he's a writer at SB Nation Detroit Bad Boys uh, Pistons blog. You can follow him on Twitter at the underscore Fernantula. That's like Durantula, but with an F. So it's on the at the underscore F-E-R-N-A-N-T-U-L-A. And you can also find him on SB Nation uh, under David Fernandez. Um, so he does some he does pre and post game and player review stuff for Detroit Bad Boys, and he's he's a good writer. You should check him out. Give him a follow. Anyway, he's going to come on in a couple of minutes, and we're going to talk some Detroit basketball for you guys tonight. And so here's the part of the podcast where I warn you that if you don't like Detroit basketball or the Pistons, you might want to tune out. Um, but I think you should stick around. I think it's going to be very informative because, like, for me, these podcasts are often about learning things. Well, they're always about learning things. I always want to learn new stuff. Uh, it just happens to be that I'm learning about basketball in these. But in general, um, I would love to feel... As though I were a sponge and I learned something every day. Um, but hopefully you feel similar about the sport of basketball. And maybe we can fill you in on some things and give you some perspective about the Pistons that you didn't have already. Um, so anyway, he's going to be on shortly. I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back. Stay tuned. 
So, David, how's it going? It's going well. Uh, you know, pretty gnarly commute on my way home tonight, but uh, <laughs> I made it in time, so that's a starting off point. Good, good. I'm glad, I'm glad you made it on time. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's been a really busy weekend weekend for me, so I was actually, I was just this close to being like, hey, can we reschedule till tomorrow? But, <laughs> but I mean, we both made it, so there we go. Things happen. You know? Yeah. So I, I already did the introduction for you, So, but if you want to tell everybody where they can follow you, feel free. All right. Well, uh, I guess first and foremost, uh, you can probably find me on Detroit Bad Boys, um, David Fernandez. Uh, that's with an F, not an H. Uh, you'd be surprised how many people automatically go to the H. Um, <laughs> you'd be surprised that I almost did it myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, And then if not on there, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at the underscore Fernandula. And yes, that is like the Durantula, uh, a buddy kind of gave me that one. So I kind of ran with it. Nice. Cool. So you do pre and post game stuff for the Pistons blog, uh, pre post game for the Pistons blog, uh, the SB nation blog. Yeah. Um, and then also manage the Facebook account, um, do some player analysis, do, you know, like pretty much whatever catches my eye. You know, sometimes it takes me a little bit longer than some of the other writers to come up with like a full thought for, you know, a larger article, but, um, yeah, that's what, that's where you'll find me. Um, and definitely excited for the season coming up. So cool. a couple of days away now. Yeah. I think it's tomorrow night, right? Doesn't it start tomorrow night? I think so. Yeah. I thought it was uh, Wednesday for the longest time. And then I just looked at the NBA <laughs> schedule. I was like, Oh my God. It is tomorrow actually. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think Pistons first games on Wednesday. Okay. So. Okay. There you go. A Sixers, I think are first game on Wednesday too. So Oh, that's why it, that's why it felt like Wednesday for me. Yeah. 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 You know, that's when it starts for us. Oh, so. yeah, totally. Totally. So let's talk about. So you you live in Boston, right? I do. I live in Boston. Um, so, been here for almost five years now. Oh, so wow. pretty much as soon as I graduated from school, I moved out here. So I'm kind of deeply entrenched in all things anti Detroit. And <laughs> you know, I have to see a lot of like old school Celtics, um, like highlight videos oh, where yeah. like, you know, Lambeer stole, or not sorry, um, Havlicek stole the ball. Like, just, like, old school, like, types of things that are way past my time, but it still kind of hurts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no. I mean, um, of all the places to be a fan of another sports team, like, Boston has got to be the worst place to be <laughs> if you're a fan of somebody other than the Boston team. It is. It, it really can be. You know, it's it's... It's hit or miss whether or not you you face aggression or not. If that makes sense, you know yeah. sometimes you'll go to a game and it'll be um, completely just even keel, you know, mutual respect. And I'm not someone to you know start jabber jawing with somebody over the results of a game or you know I'm definitely going to be into it and, and be supporting you know supporting the Pistons or Tigers or whoever I'm going to watch, but sure. um, not not hooligan level status. So um, yeah, no, it's definitely something where. Uh, you know, it, it, depending on how the row that you're sitting in or the section that you're in, you're, you're going to be dealing with whatever the other circumstances are. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's how did you end up? So are you from are you from Detroit originally? Yeah. So I was uh, born in Detroit, uh, raised most of my life in Toledo, Ohio. Um, but I actually have a twin brother. He moved out to Boston. He uh, went to BU. So um, I moved out here between my junior and senior year of school. And uh, you know, waited tables, kind of just fell in love with the city, made some mm -hmm. friends, and then so I just moved out here after I was done. Well, not to piss any Boston people off, but Boston is like my least favorite <laughs> East Coast city. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, we have there's definitely some 
some issues here, but I, I, I generally like it. It's, it's a nice place yeah. to live. Like the, it, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of like the small, like Northeastern types of communities and things like that. But, um, no, it, it's, you know, there's, it ha, it's rough around the edges to say the least. Yeah. I mean, you have that every, I mean, but this is also coming from a guy who lived outside of Philadelphia most of his life and now lives in New York. So like <laughs> everywhere yeah, I've yeah. lived, it's pretty anti-Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And, and not to say that, you know, New York and Philly, I'm sure are, are definitely have their, you know, oh, rough around the edges types of spots <laughs> as well in that sense. You could say um, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but um, no, I mean, I like it out here. Uh, you know, it's good. It, it's it's got a good sort of atmosphere. It's good sports town. That's what oh, yeah. you know. It's kind of exciting too. Um, but um, yeah, no, it, it's a great city. Awesome. So, do you want to talk about some Pistons since they're uh, going to start the season in a few days? Yeah, let's let's get into it. It's uh, you know, kind of uh, on eggshells going into the season, but definitely excited no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, first thing I have to ask you, since Reggie Jackson is going to be out, what, six to eight weeks? Six to eight weeks. So, you know, it's going to be anywhere from you know 15 to 20 games. Mm. Uh, I'm generally thinking it's going to be the full eight weeks. I don't know. I don't think they're going to rush it. I guess it depends on how they play out of the jump. But So, remind uh, everybody listening, because I, I am woefully underprepared. Sorry. <laughs> but I don't know. What no exactly worries. happened? To, I forget what his injury was. So, he's been battling tendonitis. Um it's something that's affected him throughout his career. I think he even had it. He's actually uh, went to Boston College as well. I think I heard something that he was battling that back in his college days as well. Um, don't quote me on that. But um, uh, I think the game plan was going into this, the the off season was you know rest, relaxation, you know kind of take it easy going into um, you know camp mm-hmm. and see where it's at because they didn't want to have to go in there and do like the the type of some sort of like fusion shot uh, to to get him ready, unless they had to. And then when it came time to play, and when it came time to for, for the preseason, he he wasn't good to go. So they had to do it then. Um, six to eight weeks recovery. He was you know on crutches on his way out. So I think they also did a similar type of treatment in his thumb as well. So um, yeah, you know he's gonna be he's gonna be out. You know we're we're definitely you gotta not think Reggie Jackson going into the first quarter of this season. Right. So you get Ish Smith, who I I personally love, but you know I have a soft spot for him, obviously. But. No, of course, and I know that you're you're a big Philly guy. I was actually listening to a, a couple of your your earlier podcasts uh, over the past few days. Um, what do you I'm think? You like? Glad to be. Oh no, it's awesome. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I think it's, you got a good thing going on here. So definitely, you know, honored and, and privileged to, to be on. But um. I'm glad to have uh, you. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, but Ish, yeah, part of it was I was kind of excited about was to talk to a Philly guy and mm-hmm. to, to kind of get a little bit more of an inside scoop because I've watched I haven't watched all of the preseason games. I've really only watched one of them in their entirety in its entirety, and then I've watched you know highlights and I'm trying to like ISO Ish, like kind of watch him on defense, watch him on offense. I know he's like a slippery kind of player. I know he's you know getting a lot of other players involved. Um, some similars in the sense of, you know, getting into the paint as, as, as Reggie, but, um, you know, one thing that I, I we're definitely going to be hurting on or just hurting with in general is going to be the fact that, you know, Reggie's not only our go-to score period when, when it comes to production, mm-hmm. you know, 18 plus points a game, seven, something assisted game. He's also the one player that, that the Pistons have been lacking or have been missing in the past. Like, I don't know that horrible stretch that they were on when, yeah. you know, it's eight, nine seasons missing the playoffs, but they didn't have a player that could actually hit like a, or believed in themselves or wanted to take 
those last second shots. So right. missing a player like that is going to be, I don't know. I, I saw Reggie, good or bad, you see him going for it in, in the fourth quarter when it's time. So he, that's something that we're definitely going to miss. Yeah, for sure. He's that what Bill Simmons would call a rational confidence guy, I guess, for you, huh? <laughs> yeah, rational, <laughs> irrational because sometimes he definitely forces it at times. He's He, he can dribble the air out of the ball. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of things that might frustrate you as a fan. But when, you know, it's good or bad, right? So it's going to be someone that's either going to be, you know, taking over. And I think, you know, he had 26 points in the fourth quarter against Portland yeah. uh, earlier or last season. Then he's going to be also the guy that's just forcing up a shot and, you know, possibly losing you a game, you know? So, right. so you kind of live and bad. die with him, right? You kind of take the good with the bad and like, this is what you get. But exactly. I think what you're exactly. saying is that like you haven't had that guy that was able to do that for so long. Yeah, so, not at all. Yeah, so it's probably just a really refreshing, sort of refreshing change of pace in a weird way, right? It is, and it's also kind of unique because the Pistons, you know, when I started getting into the Pistons when I was younger, it was, like, you know, Grant Hill. It was, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of going, honestly, I, I was a bigger Allen Iverson fan growing up more than anything else. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, there's still just like the biggest soft spot in my heart for Allen Iverson. <laughs> you and me both. But, yeah, I mean, how can you not? He, he yeah. literally, you know, he kind of led the generation into into watching basketball post post that Jordan era. Oh yeah. But um, you know, going back into like the looking back at the Pistons, you know, you had a player like Grant Hill. He obviously had his he had his injury issues. He, you know, we ended up trading him. Um, you had a player like Jerry Stackhouse as well, and it was mm-hmm. also a Sixer guy, also a Sixer you know, guy. Back, back in the day. <laughs> um, and he was kind of a player that would sort of take over games, but that like oh four Pistons team, that you know going to work Pistons team, mm-hmm. they weren't really a team that was you know had like a a go to guy. It was kind of like is Rip Hamilton feeling it? Is Chauncey Phillips feeling yeah. it? Is Sheed feeling it? You know, is Tayshon kind of feeling it one night or not? So right, even um, back to that time. But that I mean, like obviously the beauty of that team was that they worked that way. But yeah, even yeah, as far yeah, back yeah. as that, like you didn't have that guy, right? Exactly. In my like modern you know conscious like I understanding basketball a little bit better over the over the you know or at least i try to um yeah you, you know both. <laughs> it's refreshing to see you know it, it's not refreshing but it, it's it's unique to see the pistons have a guy that's going to be like all right i'm going to take this last shot i'm going to you know um you know we're going to win or lose based on you know how i'm playing in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter right so that's pretty unique in that sense although we did have like mr big shot he would hit big shots but he didn't necessarily have that sort of like you know, same type of chip on his shoulder, like yeah. a, like a Reggie Jackson. So it's it's exciting to watch. You know, <laughs> win yeah, or lose, yeah. it's 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 something to get invested in. I guess it I can is. tell you what you're going to get with Ish Smith. I okay. So yeah, as you mentioned, Ish Smith is very crafty with the ball. He can get down around the 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 rim and just like weave his way in and out of players. Really crafty, like, and he loves lobbing guys up. So there's that. He's not going to give you much on defense. He's he's a little bit undersized, but he's pesky, you know, and he's super quick. He sees the he sees the court pretty well. I think he's going to fill in pretty well for you guys uh, in Reggie Jackson's absence. So I I also think so. I think he's definitely skilled enough to you know to keep the boat afloat. You know, there's yeah. other players on this team that you know you look at a guy like Tobias Harris. He you know, just joined the team on and the last, like literally like the last third of the season. So you're still, you know, you're not even in your full season of right. seeing what Tobias Harris is as a piston. You have other guys that can, you know, possibly hit big shots like Marcus Morris. You have, you know, Dre, who's going to be just disruptive no matter what. For sure. So I, I do think that Ish is a guy that can, 
definitely keep the, the boat afloat. And it's kind of exciting in that sense because he's not going to be the guy that needs to dribble the air out of the ball. He doesn't need to, you know, take, you know, 15 shots a game. Right. He can get other players involved, which is going to be kind of exciting to see how they come up and to see how they respond to that, knowing that Reggie Jackson isn't there to kind of bail him out in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he's kind of exactly what you want as a backup point guard, point guard for sure. Like he's once he finally does end up on the bench, you're gonna you're really gonna like him. I think he, you know, he, I think he's gonna quickly become a fan favorite. He's just that kind of character, you know. Yeah, no, it definitely. And it seems like he's already vibing with the team quite a bit. Him and Dre seem to be getting along, which mm-hmm. is huge. They're going to be running a lot of that pick and roll for the first 20 games. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, we had Steve Blake last year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he couldn't guard me. And uh, <laughs> that, that's saying something. So, yeah. you know, I think that anything at the backup point guard spot was going to, not necessarily anything, but having a guy that, like Ish Smith, having a guy that, you know, immediately improved his team you know whether it be only two or four games you know for, for that last year's Sixers team they still played better and were you know seemed to care a little bit more when he was in the team he kind of injected some life into the team it looked like well yeah for sure or, when you're when you have no point guard or point guard at all and then you <laughs> you get one that's even halfway decent yeah it's it's going to help your team but yeah I don't think there's going to be not that there's not going to be drop off from Reggie Jackson obviously there will be but I think as you said, he'll keep the boat afloat. I think you guys are going to like him. He's going to be good for you. But that brings up a question. Do you think, because we emailed back and forth a little bit about what we were going to talk about. We mentioned that, or you mentioned that, like having Reggie Jackson out, is it has potential to hurt like the growth of, say, Tobias Harris or maybe even Stanley Johnson. What do you think? Does it? Do you, you think know, that's going to affect them neg- negatively, not having him in there, just in the matter of like them not being able to gel together? Or do you think... That Reggie Jackson is that good of a point guard that, like, it's going to hurt them not having him there. To, to be honest, I think I was kind of going at, on, on, like, the opposite spectrum of that. I think that this is more of an opportunity for um, – to really see what you have in a guy like Tobias Harris who, okay. you know, he can he can have the ball in his hands. He can create shots for himself. He gets in this sort of mode sometimes where, you know, you get it to him – you know, on the baseline, you get him to him, you know, kind of out in the wing and he's, he sees a guy that's undersized and he's, I'm just going to take over this particular possession, get a bucket and then go back down, down the other end of the court. Um, for, for that, I think that it's, it's exciting in the sense, like, let's see what Tobias Harris can do knowing that Reggie Jackson isn't going to be dribbling the air out of the ball every possession. Okay. Um, you know, where, where I think it might hurt a little bit more might be, you know, with like Dre's development, it might hurt more because, you know, with Reggie Jackson, if you're running, the, you know, a, a pick and roll, you're running, you know, a high screen, you really do have to defend the three, you know, not every single night, but I think he shot somewhere like 35, 36% from three last season and, and he shot, you know, four or five a game. So he's going to be, you know, he, you have to respect it enough right. to, you know, honor the pick and roll and get Dre, a little, you know, it might open up Dre a little bit more. Um, where, you know, Ish Smith is not necessarily, you don't necessarily have to, you know, you don't have completely to step yeah. out in that three. Stan Van Gundy's not going to ask, you know, Ish Smith to start all of a sudden shooting five to six threes a game. It so would I think be with, stupid like, if he Dre, did. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's he's not, not going to hit him. He'll hit one a game for you, maybe, on like, you know, 
You don't want him <laughs> shooting threes. <laughs> well, if he does hit it, I want him to, you know, throw up the double threes and then maybe do like the, you know, the Wesley Matthews, like arrow sort of thing. <laughs> like the, shoot the arrow. I want him to really celebrate. Yeah, them. well, he should because he's so bad at them. <laughs> and someone should be celebrating those threes. <laughs> well, well, it'll be me for sure. Yeah, there I will you go. Be celebrating every single made three this season, Good. Uh, unless it's one of those shake your head ones. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I honestly thought you were going the other way with it when we were emailing. I guess I didn't get the tone of your email. Was that I thought you were you were thinking that Reggie Jackson not being in was going to hurt their development? But yeah, I think you're right in that you know Reggie Jackson not dribbling the air of the ball is going to leave Tobias Harris to have more on the ball time. And yep. like when he was in in uh, Orlando. The, the one thing I didn't really like about his game was that he, he seemed to be like a little bit of a, a black hole on offense. Yeah. He would stop. He was a ball stopper. Um, that that was kind of the M.O. coming in, too. It was, you know, and that's that was my fear. I was like, you know, we got a great player. We got rid of Ursan Ilyasova, who did this funky, like, step back three. Every every single three he shot was a step back three, no matter if he had to or not, which uh-huh. was extremely <laughs> frustrating. Um, and, and, you you know, you get rid of Brandon Jennings, who was a competent backup point guard in Detroit Bad Boys community, uh, Detroit Piss. They, I mean, everyone has a soft spot for for Brandon Jennings, or I do at least, yeah. and I know a lot of uh, fellow DVB people do as well. Um, so, so you're getting rid of him, and you're getting a potential ball stopper, and I thought that's what he was going to be. I thought he was, you know, he didn't know the offense at all. He didn't know, you know, how to play with these types of players. But he shot when he was open. He never, you know, did too much with the ball, which was really exciting. It's like, well, maybe. He was just in the wrong situation in Orlando, and they were all so young. They all didn't know. They had no identity whatsoever. It might have been like, a, well, what the hell? I might as well shoot it, it because, you know, I don't necessarily need, like, Evan Fournier to, you know, like, try and, like, cross up the whole team and, like, shoot a three or something like that. So, right. um, so think, you know, we'll see, I guess. I think he also has a better coach now, so that might help something. Yeah, Stan Van Gundy. I, I, he's going to get the most out of a Tobias Harris. So, yeah, and he doesn't yeah. seem like a guy who's going to take a lot of shit with like, no, you're not doing that or you'll be sitting on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's taking teams to the final, so you got to have yeah. to, you know, you're going to have to listen to him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So you're you're pro Tobias Harris. What about, so tell me about uh, Stanley Johnson. Like, like, I wanted to ask you about, like, what, he okay. I remember last year when he came in and had his summer league last year. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, this kid's going to be rookie of the year!" And then all of a kind, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he kind of just disappeared completely. What what happened? Was he okay last year? Again, I didn't follow enough Pistons basketball to really you know to know about his game. Yeah. So fill me in a little bit. So Stanley Johnson, and he even I think he wrote like a Players Tribune article about this, but but it really you could kind of see it in the first few games of the season and just, you know, throughout early in the season, he couldn't rely on what he could do in college. He couldn't just bully, you know, power forwards and small forwards in the NBA and use his athleticism to, to get to the rim and finish with a jam or to get close enough to hit like a, you know, I don't know, a 12 foot jump shot or something like that. Those shots aren't going to be open in the NBA. So you would find him, you know, going, moving too fast, getting caught in the air, not knowing what to do with it, forcing bad shots. Um, it, the game just wasn't as easy for him. It wasn't, you know, this wasn't high school ball. He only played one year of college. You know, things fell pretty easily for him in that scenario. He was on a great Arizona team. So, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't necess- He wasn't, you know, on a team that was, uh, he didn't have to carry the whole load in that sense. 
Um, so for those purposes, you know, I, I just think that he had to learn the NBA. He, he's 19. He was 19 years old. Right. You know, he just things wouldn't work that would always work for him. So, you know, I think it was kind of unrealistic. And I was definitely on that. Like, oh, my goodness. He is going he's to be, be so good, so good yeah. right off the bat. Like uh, it's going to take away all my Justice Winslow anxieties from passing <laughs> on him. And then, you know, it, it might have been just kind of kind of unrealistic. But I, I see flashes of just he just seems like the kind of player that is um, has his head on straight. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to work really, really hard. He's gonna He's already. You know, he's got the NBA body. He can defend NBA players. He went, you know, I guess as much as you can go toe-to-toe with LeBron James. Right. He was not scared of the moment. Um, Which is know, huge in itself, you know. You can't you can't teach people to have confidence like that. We have, no. And, we have Nick Stauskas on our team who is <laughs> severely lacking in confidence. He was really great in college, but his confidence is shot to the point where he's hired a psychologist to help him make his shot. He can't shoot anymore, but... Sorry, I'm getting off on a tangent about my, no, no. <laughs> my sisters again, but go ahead. Stanley Johnson, has he has moxie. Let's call it that. Yeah, he's got moxie, and he's, um, you know, he's just, you can't teach that. You're right. You know, you can't teach a, a player to, to not be, you know, petrified of LeBron James. You, right. you can't teach a player to, you know, know, to not be overly confident in the sense that, that he thinks he's just going to keep on, you know, that, that if he keeps on doing what he's been doing, that it's going to somehow start working. Right. You know, he, I think he knows that he has to, you know, he has to fix his, his jumper. You know, I think he, he needs to, you know, become more reliable from three. I think that, um, you know, he just has to play a little bit smarter and, and just slow the game down a bit for him. But honestly, I, I think that he's, you know, I don't know if he will crack the starting rotation, but I think that he could, play well enough this season to at least make Sam Van Gundy think about, you know, how immediately are we going to be trying to get him into the starting rotation? Right. Is he first off the bench this year, you think? I think he'll definitely be first off the bench this year. You know, I mean, him, there's going to be three guys that are going to be first off the bench. You know, it's going to be Ish Smith because you you really need to, you know, you need to to limit some of Reggie's minutes. You need to, you know, he, Reggie does have, um, you know, he, he gets exhausted. He, he he doesn't have the best stamina compared to some of the other players. You know, John Lore, I am super excited about this season. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, I think Stanley is going to be a guy. The thing is with Stanley, he can play two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, Lore, you know, you're really only going to put him at four, maybe five. Ish Smith, you're really only going to put him at one. So, yeah, I think he'll definitely be the sixth man for, for the Pistons this season. Okay, cool. Um, what do you think about Boban? <laughs> um, Boban is a beast. And, yeah. and I mean that in the sense, you know, he keeps the ball high. He, he catches it so low that he's just going to, he's just going to be a force down there. Yeah. Um, defensively, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, there's definitely limiting areas. He can't, you know, he can't go too far out of the side of the paint effectively. Right. Well, I mean, when you're uh, that big, like the atmosphere up there just sort of slows you down, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, his arms are so long that, you know. He doesn't really have to go anywhere, right? You can just, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. just exactly. reach out. You're going to stop a ball somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm really excited about Boban. He's got just insane skill. He's yeah. extremely good at on offense. He's something that, you know, last year's Pistons team the, the way that it would go with the bench would be that the starters, not necessarily every game, and this isn't like a science by any means, but the starters would 
play really well in the first quarter and get them a lead of some sort. Mm-hmm. The bench would come in and be so poor on offense that they would lose the lead. They would, you know, the Pistons would re-enter back down, you know, 10 points or something like that. And they'd have to, and then they'd have to regain again. the lead and then be a battle going into, you know, the, the end of the third and fourth quarter. Yeah. Where now you have a guy like Boban who, you know, can immediately score. Um, you have a guy like... Um, you know, Ish Smith, who's going to be distributing the ball and who's going to be getting a lot more players involved and, right. you know, just be able to get into the lane and, and kind of open things up for other guys. You know, Stanley Johnson, we're expecting him to take the next step. And then you have a guy like John Lohr, who, you know, it might be kind of my bias. And I had heard you, you had like a, a Phoenix Suns podcast. Recently. Yeah, last like, week. <laughs> this is two Daves in a row. So <laughs> oh, there we go. Doubling up. Um, but, um, you know, you had, uh, you know, John Lohr, every time we played against him, he was just killing us last season. He was just stroking out from three. He was, you know, he's pretty pretty darn athletic. Um, he's, you know, he can crash the boards. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really excited about what John Lohr is going to be able to do on this team um, because I just think that's where the Pistons were so poor last year. Their bench, bench was just yeah. so awful. Yeah, that, it's, you know, it only go up. And it's funny because I was looking over the roster too, and even now I'm like, I'm looking over the, I'm like, yeah, they got a nice starting five. Who's who's coming off the bench? Like, what, like what yeah. what is their bench? I don't even know. I mean, I feel like Boban definitely helps that. Uh, yeah. Aaron Baines, I think, like he made some steps right in the right direction. Yeah, I think with Aaron Baines, you know, he didn't have a huge role in San Antonio, so it was kind of like, you know, wh- what, you know. Who is Aaron Baines? I didn't right. know a thing about Aaron Baines before he got to the Pistons, to be honest. Um, I still know very little about him, so. <laughs> he's huge. He's definitely, yeah. you know, <laughs> I think he would said something about did he miss his calling to become a. A professional yeah. wrestler? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just, like, you look at him and you're like, man, I, I can imagine him just, like, body slamming someone for some reason. Um, he's so barrel chested that yeah. it looks like he should be definitely throwing people into the stands. At the very like, least, he should be like a like the head of a biker gang, like you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. You know, he, he's uh, he's definitely uh, intimidating looking. Yeah. Um, he's kind of limited on offense. He he's a good he's a serviceable backup center. He's going to hit your free throws. He's going to help dry out in that sort of you know capacity. He was a guy. Yeah closing out fourth quarters for us because Dre couldn't stay in the game right. or Andre Drummond, excuse me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I like him. I don't necessarily see him being on the Pistons for, you know, maybe all of next season or going in or in, in the following season. I just don't know if you need three centers yeah. in, in the NBA nowadays. So I think he's kind of, you know, when you're looking at, you know, possible trade options, teams, some other teams will need a backup center, and um, not the Sixers, but some other team will definitely <laughs> need a backup center. Yeah. No, I think they'll be, you know, they'll be, I don't know, boycott or yeah. riot if somebody had another center. Yeah. Actually, the, the Suns apparently need another center, so there you go. They have too many guards. Maybe you guys could do a little switch. That's room. what I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, possible. You know, I don't necessarily know. I haven't, you know, I, I haven't played around with like the NBA you know, trade machine. It's just so early to to oh, yeah. be thinking like that. Um, but you know, I was thinking of, you know, Boston's team, they have a lot of guards, Mm -hmm. you know, you think of a guy like maybe Terry Rozier, if he's not being able to, you know, crack the rotation, he's just kind of sitting there, you know, that would be something where we definitely need help at the backup shooting guard position. Right. Um, and I guess, you know, Terry Rozier could kind of play a little point or shooting guard, but you know, definitely that's where we would be looking if I were to assume, 
Um, and yeah, Aaron Baines, while I like him and he, you know, had a great season for us last season, he just seems like he's kind of, you know, we just signed both. He, we kind of just signed a better version of him, at least right. offensively. Right, right. So, and I guess we'll see what happens with that one. Yeah, because for me, I mean, like, I think the team has a lot of talent, like at least in the starting five and they, you know, they've got potential. But I, yeah, again, looking at the bench, I think that might still be their, their weak spot. Like, it's a little bit worrisome when, you know, Stanley Johnson, who's a sec- second year player, is going to be maybe your sixth man. It, yeah, I would I would agree with that. And it's also the the bench is so they they don't know each other at all. So right. this team is, you know, not only so it's not going to be Ish Smith with the with the second unit for the first quarter of the season. It's going to be Ray McCollum Jr. who, you know, barely made the team. He he's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, he's kind of hanging on to his like NBA life right now. Um you have, you know, the team doesn't necessarily know each other. You add two more pieces with um, you know, John Lore, you had Boban. Um, so they don't necessarily know each other. I think it's definitely, I do think it is an upgrade from last season. Uh, the, the bench, I just was so down on the bench last season. So I do think it is an upgrade, but there is definitely like, how, how good are they going to be? Is it going to work? Is it going to, you know, are they going to make, need to make adjustment adjustments? Are they going to have to make, you know, an early trade? I, I don't necessarily know. I wouldn't forecast that. I do think it is going to be better at least at individual spots. I just right. don't know how it's going to mesh as a unit. Right, right, um, right. So, um, uh, but I think Smith is a good player to kind of get everyone involved in the office and to kind of get some sort of rhythm going. So I am excited about that for sure. Yeah, for sure. He was a great pickup for them this season. Um, but that, you know, I know a lot of people are talking about, there's there's a lot of talk about the Pistons, man. There's like a lot of people are excited about them and like they're going to go deep into the playoffs and like, you know, they could finish two or three and I'm like, whoa, slow your roll. <laughs> like, it's. I don't think they're. It's again the major thing for me is their bench. I did, you know. Yeah. It's, no, they don't. Have, they don't have the bench of a Boston Celtics. They don't have a bench of you know. They don't have a quality player like a Corey Joseph on right um, on Toronto. You know they don't have that level of, of players right now on their bench. And I I don't think that they're you know a three seed, the four seed, five seed. It's going to be so you know such so much of a crapshoot from oh, yeah. the four to the twelve in the East, you know, you don't necessarily know what you have with a lot of these teams. I, I do think improvement. I do think better than last year's record. Um, I do think, you know, making it to the playoffs again. Yeah. I don't think we're winning two rounds in the playoffs. I don't think that we're going, you know, to the Eastern conference finals by any means. I don't right. think we're as good as, you know, a Toronto, obviously a Cleveland or, or a Boston Celtics for that matter. So, but I can definitely see, an avenue where, you know, steady improvement this season, possibly, you know, a first round playoff win, um, whether that be as, you know, a four seed, six, uh, I guess it wouldn't necessarily be as low as a six seed, but if you were, you know, the four or five seed to possibly kind of take, take that series, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's, you gotta, you gotta check it. And and also there's no rush in, in my opinion, there's, you know, Cleveland's still going to be the kings of the conference. Yeah, you kind of um, have some time there. You're, it's like, just sit on your hands and wait for a minute. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, until yeah, LeBron's like, done rolling the roost, I don't, <laughs> like, why is anybody even trying at this point? <laughs> it's kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah, it's seriously. Like, well, they, are they going to, we really got to hope that Golden State has to, like, blow it up for some reason or <laughs> they can't re-sign, you know, Steph Curry for some, I, that would never happen. But, hey, you know, so, it, it's kind of like, you have to, the team's young, though, with the Pistons, yeah. which is definitely a, a, a uh, a good thing they're not in a win now mode because right. they for damn sure shouldn't be right um but 
you, you look for the team to make improvements. You know, it's a Sam Van Gundy team that they they generally do get better. Um, this is you know, his third more... year now, right? Is this his third yeah. year? Speech? Yeah. And so, like, yeah. this is kind of the year you you think that it will really start taking shape around his sort of team. Like, you know, like it's going to start, I feel like, looking more like the Magic, maybe. You know, they're just going to be yeah. shooting threes and, and getting in the paint. Because Andre Drummond's yeah. a beast, man. Uh, he, he is a beast. He's just, he's just a problem down low. He's, you know, people talk about his offensive development. People talk about, you know, should he be a kind of play, should he be more of a DeAndre Jordan or should mm-hmm. he be, you know, you know, more like where Dwight Howard was kind of demanding touches down low? Should should he be uh. more like that, or should he be, you know, I'm not saying that it was always <laughs> a success, but what kind of like philosophy should he be? Going, right. Like what kind of mindset should he be going in as a player? Like DeAndre Jordan's not asking for the ball down on the post. Yeah. Dre does. You know, you do. They do feed it to him. He has shown an ability to hit it with both hands. He's obviously, you know, just physically just more athletic than a lot of the other players that he's going against at the center position. Mm-hmm. He's faster. So I don't know. I don't necessarily know what kind of player he is yet. I don't know if he is going to be able to develop into, you know, not to say Shaq, but like a, you know, a true center that demands touches down low, or if he's just going to be kind of that rim runner, Deandre Jordan type, you know, but yeah. still extremely effective. Tell me about this. Do you know anything? Has they, have they made any attempt to try and fix his free throw shooting at all in the off season? Do you know anything <laughs> about like, has there been any talk about it at all or <laughs> two words, virtual reality? Really? They have, yeah. They've been, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's like with the Samsung sort of goggles. I don't know, you know, what kind of tech they were using uh-huh. you know, per se, but it was supposed to, you know, fix the um or at least supply some sort of element of uh, you know obviously reality you know but in the virtual sense so who who knows i don't know if that's that's gonna work um i I don't know go ahead i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut but go ahead oh yeah i just don't know what what it's going to be because you you hear from you know you hear from the media you hear from um or at least like the the local pistons and, and stan van gundy and they talk about you know, he's hitting 50 to 60% in practice, and I don't know. It's just something where you see his eyes in the game. He doesn't want it. And then as soon as you start missing, or if you hit one, the crowd cheers, and it's kind of, you know, it's, it's patronizing in a certain sense. Oh, yeah. you know, everything adds. There's no, like, smooth, um, you know, sort of way for him to either make or miss free throws is always an event always like either met with booze and or he's getting pulled out of the game right after missing a couple they're hacking him so you know i i don't know how you fix you know free throw shooting if i did i would probably (laughs) somebody would go back in time and help shaquille o'neal but yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know what you do there two things about this it's like a the the advances in technology that they have now to be able to utilize these things in this sport avenue and like it's just incredible i don't know what in the hell like virtual <laughs> reality is supposed to do if you can't hit it in real life i don't know why you being able to do it like in, in a video game setting would make you any better maybe it will i don't know the other thing about that is if he's shooting 50 to 60 percent free throw in practice that's a isn't that incredible that that's a huge step up for him? Like that, that just oh tells goodness. you right there, like no one, like he should never be fouled. He should <laughs> run away from every foul that ever comes his way. Yeah, 
It's... Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I don't know. I don't know how, you know, how you can be, I mean, so poor at, at it. I don't know. You know, he is statistically the worst of, of right. all time. And we had Ben Wallace. You know, we, we yeah. had a, a player that, you know, was notorious for missing free throws. So it wasn't in too distant memory where you would, you know, kind of be petrified of, um, you know, a player stepping to the line and, mm. um, you know, not being able to produce, especially, you know, fourth quarter or when a game's getting tight and you're in sort of like, you know, battling lead exchanges. Um, so, you know, for, for those reasons, it, it's it's huge. You know, people question the the contract that he got. People question him, you know, as a player in general right. um, because of that. And it's valid. You know, he can't stay on the court in the fourth quarter. He's your your only all star. Right. Um, yeah. Well, why wouldn't you question that? And and I, I, I I'm happy we resigned Dre. I want him. I want him to figure it out. But but he he somehow it something has to get better. So yeah. I mean it, it's clearly mental. You know it, it has to be mental. There's no other explanation for it. And what what the what you do about that? I don't know because like we hear about again as I just mentioned like Nick Staskis. We hear about guys all the time getting shrinks. To help them with their with their game, there's like there's like sports uh, psychologists. Mm-hmm. That, that's all they do. They help you perform to the best of your mental abilities. And like, I'm sure he sought that avenue. Like, probably talk to somebody about that. Sure. But what do you do? I mean, I know I shrink under the spotlight every time, but I'm not getting paid to commit free throws. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I you know I, I kind of know that as well. And, and sports psychology, you know, I. I don't necessarily. I'm not. I don't know much about you know, uh, you know, physician type of psychology in general. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know you know what what it could do for him. But the hope is, I assume, is just to kind of relax the heart rate. Is to you know just have him somehow you know, just see the basket. I don't right. know what what they're. But like but you it, mentioned, I, I would hope that it would be something that I, I assume that is an avenue that they've gone down before right. in some sort. But I, I don't know, you know, at a certain point, it, you know, it's like you, if you're a golfer with the yips, you yeah. either, you know, you might either just be, you know, you might just be a choker, you know, or you might just not be able to hit free throws. I don't know with Dre if he's going to be able to figure out. I know he's really young. I know he works really hard at it. Yeah. Um. So I, I do have hope that he will be able to figure it out. And, he is only, you know, what, 24, 25 now at this point? Oh, I think he's 23. I, really? Really? Right off the, yeah, yeah, he's he's extremely young. Yeah, he's got time. Um, yeah, he's definitely got time. That's and cool. now, I need to know for sure. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. I was actually surprised when you told me Tobias Harris is only twenty four. I was like, wait a minute, really? I thought he was at I least twenty eight. I was like, that's crazy. I mean, for me, everybody's young at this point, but you know, that's what happens when you get old. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, no, Dre is 23. So That's crazy. I know he came in really. He was like 19 when he came in, right? Didn't he come? Yep. Yeah, he was. Was he in one year in college and then came right out? Yeah, Connecticut. He yeah. spent one year there and um, he was there this season after I think they won the the, the national championship. Um, and then, yeah, he came out the, the, the following year. Um, and or I mean, after his first year and he fell to us in the in the draft and you know, couldn't have been happier to, to pick oh, him yeah. up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was wondering who was going to grab him. I was, he kept following. I'm like, somebody take him. He's going to be amazing. <laughs> like, to grab him. Grab him. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, good for you guys, man. That was a huge get. Um, 
What else? I mean, what are your expectations for the team overall this season? So we talked a little bit about they're, hopefully they're going to make the playoffs. I want to see them in the playoffs. I like, you know, I like the Pistons. Uh, I like rooting for them. And, I, you know, I like Stan Van. So, you know, honestly, I, I would be thoroughly. And I think, you know, the people that I you know talk with, the, whether my friends or the people, you know, on Detroit Bad Boys, mm-hmm. I think we'd all be thoroughly disappointed if they did not make the playoffs. I think most people in, in the Pistons community are, are definitely expecting them to make the playoffs, especially with so many teams over, um, you know, over the summer that kind of changed their identity. The Miami Heat are, right. I don't think they're going to be a good team this season. Um, Chicago Bulls, you know, Ugh. who knows if the spacing is going to work. You know, the Bucks just lost Chris Wait, Middleton. What's spacing the- in Chicago? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, in, you know, I, there's so many teams that kind of change their identity. The Pistons, that starting unit's the same, you know, obviously once Reggie Jackson gets back. So I do think that, you know, kind of keeping the identity the same, at least with the, that starting unit, is big. And it's going to be, you know, I think it is going to pay dividends. So I, I do expect them to make make the playoffs. I, you know, before the Reggie Jackson injury, um, I was I was on the train, you know, four seed, you know, going to be, behind Toronto and Boston I thought that we were you know definitely the the favorites to kind of nab that four seed and and get home court Mm -hmm. now I'm a little bit hesitant to say that you know I think if Ish Smith can can truly keep the keep the motor running and uh, um, have this team playing 500 or or possibly above basketball by the time Reggie gets back that that that's definitely in the cards um, but, you know, I'm thinking that, you know, they're going to I still think they're going to improve their win total. They had 44 last season. I, I'm expecting them to uh, be able to improve on that. I have them down for, you know, I, I 48 to 50 games still. And, and I do believe that. Um, and, you know, making it to the to the first round of the playoffs as a four or five seed. Um, I think that I think that Ish Smith will be able to keep the team moving. Um, I think the bench, while I don't know how they're going to cohesively work, I think you have major improvements. You know, you have John Lohr over Anthony Tolliver. You mm-hmm. have, you know, Boban's a better offensive player. You have Ish Smith over Steve Blake. I think that there's these smaller parts that, that are going to, you know, improve the, that second unit, which is going to be huge. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I'm still definitely, you know, cautiously optimistic going into the season. Yeah. I think your win total is probably right on. I think I would say 47, 48 wins. Just like, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be fun. I think they're going to be, I think they'll yeah. make the playoffs for sure. I, they, they've got to, I can't see who else would make it besides them. You know what I mean? Like as I, I think so too. I think that they're just you know it's kind of you just look at the East now. They they haven't necessarily you know there hasn't been too many teams that have gotten a lot better other than like a Boston Celtics right. is going to be better with Al Horford. Oh, I sure. thoroughly yeah. believe that. Um, but other than that, there's not a ton of teams that you look at and just like well yeah no they're you know definitely improved definitely you can just slot them into you know the three seed or the four seed. Um, you know I, I think the Pistons are just by the. The, the fact that they have been able to keep their at least starting unit identity that they're definitely going to be back in there and um, you know definitely excited to see how how things start to take shape here over the, over the the first you know I guess the beginning of the season yeah, that one. Yeah. I mean <laughs> even if they do, if they just remain status quo from what they were last year they're in good shape if they make no improvements Stanley Do- Johnson doesn't get any better Boban mm-hmm. just is is as good as the you know whoever who was it last year that was <laughs> their backup uh, Aaron Baines Aaron yeah, Baines oh, right. was it was Baines, Baines last year yeah 
if they make no improvements at all, they should still make the playoffs. They should still be in there. Um, but I have hope that they're going to be better. Like they're going to, I think the system, I think Stan Van Gundy's system is going to like really take set in with these guys. Now they're going to have a little bit of time to work on it. They're going to get better. I think, you know, I, I still think the four seed would probably be something that could shoot for. And maybe, uh, yeah, I, maybe the second I, round, man. Like, yeah, maybe, you know, I think if they get a, you know, favorable matchup as, as that four seed, you know, if they get some, you know, like a, I don't know. I don't necessarily know who else is going to be in that, but if you, I definitely see an avenue where they can, you know, put together, you know, four strong games in the first round and, and get out of there. From there, who knows? Yeah. Um. You know, I think they they played their tail off against the the Cavaliers. They really uh, did. They gave them a harder time than I think anybody else in the playoffs last year. I mean, besides Golden State, but. Yeah. No. Definitely. I mean, there was those two games that that Toronto did win, but. You know, just in a game-by-game type of competitive atmosphere, the, the Pistons were right there in every one of those games. I think they lost one of them by, you know, by 15 points or so. Right, but the rest um, of them, but, they were really consistent, and they took it to them every single game. Like, even what, as you were saying with the Raptors, like, they won two, but they also got blown the hell out, you know? Like, yeah. It, it was an embarrassment of sorts at times. So, yeah, I think if they can remain that consistent team that they were last year, if they can, if they can keep that level of play up. I think they'll be fine. I think uh, Ish Smith is going to be able to to keep them afloat, as you mentioned. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think that that they, you know, there's good enough players in, in individual spots there. There's good enough, um, you know, you know, consistency across, you know, your your starting unit. There's, uh, you know, improvement in the bench. You have another year of the Sam Van Gundy system. I think he alone kind of gets you a few wins just yeah, by sure. himself, just by being su- su- such a good coach. Um, you know, I, I think that there's enough factors in there to, to definitely cement them in the playoffs. You know, we, we said it earlier, there, there is no true rush. You do like to see year by year improvement because that's kind of, you know, how teams like the Pistons, like like the Thunder, you know, mm-hmm. the Thunder pre, you know, Durant leaving. But, you know, teams like that, you like to see them take smaller steps right. each season before they like, all right, now we can actually we're all a little bit more mature. We're, you know, we've been playing together for so long that that they can make bigger pushes at a team like a Cleveland. Yeah. Um, the so, only thing about that is, though, is like, so at the end of this year, if they're just the same players that they were at the beginning, where do you go from there? You know, this is a whole other, I mean, this is, this is a discussion for a whole other podcast, but you definitely want to see some growth out of Reggie Jackson and, you know, out of Drummond and um, like, if they don't improve at all and they do stay the same team, then you have to start thinking about, yeah, this is a, this is a different podcast. We can talk about the future. No, no, but, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, you have a point. You know, if you have, if, if you just have the same players across the board, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I think Dre did so, Andre Drummond did so well last year that, you know, I could see him having a little bit of a lapse this year, at least when it comes to, like, you know, when it comes to stat stuffing, you know, averaging at 16 and 14, which he did last season. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if he's going to be able to at least put up that 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 type of, um, you know, insane production build on that to make it, you know, who knows, 20 and 16. Right. Like, that, that'd be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, but, but I do expect small improvements. I do expect development, you know, and, but yeah, you would have to question it. You'd have to look at a guy like Reggie Jackson, like, all right, well, you know, while we might not be a team that's going to compete with Cleveland this season, you should still be thinking two, three years down the road. What do we have in this guy? What do we have, you know, in in a in a Marcus Morris? You know, what do we have in in, in Kentavious Caldwell Pope for sure? Um, you know, we didn't even talk about much, KCP. 
so you were telling yeah. me that they didn't extend his contract or they didn't extend his rookie the rookie contract they didn't extend yeah, him I, and they're not going to I, I they're so the I think October 31st is the date okay. so so they I have a week the, they have a week to extend it the the you know the the rumors and the murmurs coming out of um you know Pistons camp was that they're they're actively looking to get the deal done before that um but now you're starting to hear that or I'm starting to hear at least um, that they're, they're not going to be able to get it done, and they they might just kind of let him go into restricted free agency, which are still the heavy, heavy favorite to resign someone in that. Right, you but can I just think, match, right? For sure. Yeah, you can match. You can you can go over, but you know he's going to he's going to make a lot of money next mm-hmm. season. You know, no matter what, whatever at the end of, of next season, he's going to get paid by somebody. Um, but you really do have to look at a guy like KCP. Who you know he he had a few seasons ago he just tore up summer league everyone was expecting this is the season he's going to make that next step yep. he still can't while he he's one of those players that has an absolute which I think just like a beautiful stroke from you know just just a jumper that that looks like it's just natural and it's going to be money but he never goes so in. many of them. <laughs> um, it looks and great. It, it just doesn't land. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he doesn't necessarily. He can't. He doesn't. You know, create too much off the dribble. He, but he's he's a good at. You know, he's a good. He's got great athleticism. He's uh-huh. a hell of a defender. That's what um, I was gonna say. He's huge for you guys for defense, right? Oh yeah, he's he's the guy that's guarding their best player. Yeah. You know, he's he's the guy that's that's on Steph Curry. He's the guy that's on like a Chris Paul. He you know he's chasing people around screens. He's you know I. I there's a you know it's highlight video it doesn't you know it doesn't really matter but but defensive highlight videos are a little bit like they can be more impressive than just like random dunks totally his true. last season was so cool and just like so many <laughs> awesome chase down blocks and just just feisty feisty d so you know for that reason alone he's gonna get paid so yeah. it's really can he take a next step at, we know who he is as a defender can he really take a next step as an offensive player and and start to you know I don't know, demand the, the kind of max dollars that I know he's seeing in his head for sure right now. So, and if he can, then hell yeah, resign him. Keep, keep the unit together and oh, yeah. let's see what these guys can do going forward. You know, let's see if we can start to contend with these Cavaliers and these Celtics and things like that. And it's funny from, you know, an outsider's perspective looking in, you, I mean, I always forget how young this team really is too. So like, there's lots of potential for growth here. KCP and Stanley Johnson and Tobias Harris, who's so young and Andre Drummond, yeah. who's still so young. Like it's a really young team. It's a really exciting to, time to be a fan for you guys. I mean, it's... Oh, goodness, yeah. It, it, you couldn't, you know, it, there was so many years of just inept basketball, just just ugly, you know, it's like one of those teams where you just ugly 33-win teams that, that mm-hmm. you know, they're not, like, building towards anything. There's not young players that were on the team that, that you were getting excited about. It was just just such ugly basketball, just like, you know, a carousel of coaches. So it, it's really exciting now to kind of, have a team and to you know start getting some national games and to yeah. you know to just to, to be able to start to to work towards something and, and see some sort of end goal who knows what that that will eventually be but you know to to build a team that you think can contend for a championship is you know really what all you want as any sports fan oh, yeah, so sure. it is definitely refreshing to, to see the pistons up there and they're my favorite you know detroit sports team so yeah and um, the only so thing, huge. the only thing, other question I have is like, if they really get good and they like take a series from Boston, what are you going to do? Are you going to hide <laughs> in your oh, home? <laughs> you know, 
I would no. I would be definitely walking the streets. I would wear like a Pistons hat. I would just you know this place is so entitled with their titles yeah, and true. their championships and you know their their all oh, their teams making the playoffs every year. You know I'm I'm sick of it. I don't I don't need it anymore. And you know if Detroit can win, you know Detroit's kind of like a they're a market where they're going to get one in whatever sport and then they're going to kind of you know disappear for five yeah. to ten years. Five to ten. So. Yep. I will definitely be celebrating Wear as it proud. much as possible. Yeah, very, very proud, very loud. Yeah, just remember to look over your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> anyway, I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much, David, for coming on. Why don't you plug your stuff again, real quick, and tell everybody where they can reach you? Well, thank you. You know, first and foremost for having me. That this was a this was a blast. But uh, I can be found um, SB Nation, the uh, Detroit Pistons affiliate site, DetroitBadBoys.com. I'm on there just as my name, David Fernandez. Um, and then Twitter, you can find me at the underscore Fernandula. Um, and yeah, that's uh, F-E-R-N-A-N-T-U-L-A. Uh, so that's where you'll find me for um, some tweets about basketball and whatever the hell else is catching my mind. <laughs> Great. Good stuff. Well, thanks for coming uh, on. You're always welcome to come back. Maybe midseason when they're uh, kicking ass, we'll have you on and we can talk all about how much you love Ish Smith. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'll just be wearing like a Dish Smith jersey this time around. But no, thank you so much for having me. And, sure. and it was a pleasure. And I look forward to doing it again. Great. Talk to you soon. Talk to you. Bye. All right. Goodbye. Well, guys, there you go. It was David Fernandez. And I almost forgot to turn off the podcast. But thanks again, David, so much for coming on. It was uh, great to talk some Detroit basketball. So. If you guys want to reach out to the show and say hi and tweet at me or you want to come on and talk some basketball from your neighborhood, uh, feel free. You can reach me at the Superflight Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow on Twitter at Superflight Pod. You can follow me personally at Joe Borelli on Twitter. And um, you can listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and everywhere else you can find an I, I not iTunes, but anywhere else you can find a podcast. Yeah. Um, and if you do listen, please review and rate so that other people can find me and us. And I think we're all having a really good time, and this is so much fun. And uh, thanks for listening again. I'm really looking forward to the start of the season tomorrow, and I still might stay up and do that uh, Crazy Expectations podcast that I'm talking about. But in the meantime, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost a sheep and she don't know where to find them. Yo! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more.